Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham. Today, I'm searching in-house. I'm looking at our best and brightest inside the organization by Boxer, where we are a seller, but we also have grown an agency from scratch to serve brands. Now, some of these brands we sell ourselves, but some of these brands, we just kind of like an account management service, um, consulting, whatever. And I have worked personally with this for you know many years. And today I have the, the leader of this group. I have Dan Mazeris, who is leading this team. So welcome, Dan. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So we scooped up Dan. He had a lot of experience with Amazon and uh, with the largest mattress and bedding brand on Amazon. This company is huge. Uh, He was working with them and helped them grow from where they were uh, to which was very small to something gigantic where they're doing hundreds of millions on Amazon. We were so happy to get him and his like knowledge and like really just like his drive to to make some change. So uh, did I get everything right, Dan? Did I? uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good pretty good synopsis of how how the career started. I don't know if you want me to expound there at Go all. Go for it. Well, I mean, because it, like specifically, like it's 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 Amazon. Like you were uh, you know building different brands on Amazon. Yeah, totally. I think uh, I think it's interesting. Like may, maybe we'll start from what where it is today, and then backtrack a little bit to where I right. fit into that picture. Because right right now the company is is massive. They have. Um, hundreds and hundreds of employees, millions of square feet of warehouse space. They're doing hundreds of millions through Amazon and hundreds of millions through other marketplaces. They have a massive wholesale business. Um, But when it all started and when I came into the picture with that company, I was on a dusty lifetime table in a corner and we were like just selling on Amazon. We were just selling bedding products through Amazon. And that's that's where the company started and it evolved so much from there. Um, but the, the really cool thing about it was that Amazon became that cash cow, if you will, um, that was the, the funding arm behind yeah. and what allowed us to scale everything else. Um, now, I'm actually really glad to get Dan. Uh, the company is, is Maloof and... Um, I'm really glad to get someone uh, from Maloof on our side because we've lost company. Uh, sorry, we've, we've lost employees to Maloof where they, um, you know, they have a, a big Amazon and so they uh, business. And so they see our employees with experience and they, they, they post a few of them. So it's finally fun to get some back. Um, <laughs> yeah. The so turned. I'm sure there's a, like uh, a, a ton you could learn from, uh, your experience there at specifically around like we were talking about some of the brand strategy um what yeah, totally so i mean betting i mean they actually sell beds it's you know higher ticket price items and um you know the fulfillment fees are quite significant and kind of can dictate a lot of what you can or can't do um so tell us about a few of the challenges and like actually how you, you know, really emerged. Yeah, great, great question. So there, there were definitely quite a bit of challenges. Like you mentioned, fulfillment was, was something that's crazy. And 
Bedding really, really covers like the whole gamut when it comes to pricing, right? You have mattresses that are really expensive all the way down to, you could buy a single set of pillowcases from us for pennies on the dollar. So, um, the, the strategy became really interesting as far as um, what fulfillment networks we used and, and how we, how we utilize those. Um, it, it, when we started, we were doing everything FBA. And when we started picking up volume, we're talking about semi trucks and semi trucks every single day, um, roll, rolling out of the, rolling out of the warehouse, to FBA fulfillment centers, and then just getting killed on profits specifically for mattresses, um, storage fees and whatnot. Um, so what we actually determined was um, to do a dual strategy where we actually leveraged Amazon retail for our larger scale products mm-hmm. and then kept FBA for all of our smaller scale products. I, we, we, we came across a client the other day, very similar story. They have a lot of pots um, and they're like really big. And we told them, I was like, well, you should stay on vendor central uh, because the fees just don't make sense in FBA for some right. reason on Mentor Central, like Amazon, you know, they eat a lot of that cost, but like, you know, you, you get the wrong dimensions and all of a sudden those FBA fees jump to like 15, $25. Right. With, with the big caveat, right. That with Amazon retail, there's obviously, in my opinion, concessions that aren't always worth it. The, yes. the loss of control of your brand sometimes aren't always yep. worth it. There's a tax. But we had we had grown enough with Amazon retail in general that we were lucky enough to kind of demand attention. We we got assigned basically what's called an SVS, which is there's one person on our account and they report directly to the category manager of the betting category. Uh-huh. Wow. And so our retail man our our Amazon retail communication, which is oftentimes a lot of people's biggest frustration with Amazon retail, that was non-existent. We had, we, I had a cell phone number of a person <laughs> at Amazon that ran our category. Yeah. Um, so there was, there was a, definitely some benefit there. But that being said, all of that was a result of doing the fundamentals of Amazon correctly for a long period of time. And I, I think that's like the if you were to sum Amazon into one super simple Amazon 101 course, that's what it is, is do all the right things correctly for mm-hmm. long periods of time. I mean, that, that means a lot of things like that means like, you know, good content, investing yep. in uh, advertising and being yep. smart about your ad, uh, advertising. Um, being operationally excellent, never stocking out. Um, right. T- how, did you, how did you guys uh, not stock out? when you're dealing with like products that are like the manufacturing process is, you know, takes days. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what started with a couple people just trying to figure it out as far as um, you know, we, I mean, we, we all started on spreadsheets and <laughs> what, cal- was, what was your lead time uh, as far as getting product from China to the U S yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're looking like, 30 to 60 days of manufacturing and then 30 to 60 days on the water. So it's like, yeah. So we're talking like three to four months. Yeah. 60 days on the very good side, the very, very good side, but most likely 90 day lead times was. Yep. And so, you know, if you have something successful happen on Amazon, like you've got to really anticipate it. You got to like your, your, uh, your marketing has to go hand in hand with your, 
we're, or we're coming across this, we're like, well, if we want to do a lightning deal, that means we have to like, we have to buy deeper. And I think that's, that's the important, I mean, maybe I'll put a selfish plug in right now. Like that's, that's an important thing of having somebody like an agency partner that's constantly monitoring your Amazon page for you, because we literally had a whole team of people monitoring this all the time for that exact reason. Okay. We're looking at numbers in China and how they're coming in. We're looking at run rates on Amazon. We're looking at our pricing. We're looking at our advertising dollars. We're literally looking at every single aspect of the Amazon business Mm -hmm. to make sure that we never stock out. Right. And uh, this isn't uh, easy when you start to compound that with like multiple SKUs. I mean, you got your single beds, your full size, your, your, your quick oh, yeah. size. Wow. I mean, we, we managed, we managed a SKU count of a thousand SKUs. Uh-huh. And, and well, that, 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 like that's different yeah. than wholesale where your lead time is like uh, two, three weeks. Uh, where, but private label uh, or you know you know China manufacturing like your lead time is is significant yeah. and forecasting uh, not as easy and then you know if you gotta match that up like with marketing that's super interesting. Now let's talk about some of the strategies you know um, where like how do you just like you know start to dominate a category or how do you increase, you know, your margins? uh, And so those can go hand in hand or they can, you know, sometimes those can actually conflict with each other. You're like, well, if you're going to raise your price, we got to like create a brand equity and invest in one brand. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as far as strategy goes, just like anything else with Amazon, it always evolved. Like when I, when I first started selling products on Amazon, the advertising platform was literally auto campaigns. Like that's, that's what we had access to. (laughs) And so at that time, our strategy was we're going to, we're going to build a moat through product development and brand development. And so essentially we're going to leverage the same manufacturing partners that we have to create three or four different brands the products are going to be similar. We're going to differentiate them cosmetically and we'll differentiate them with some features so that, so that the product selection is still something mm-hmm. good, uh, would, a good product selection. Would you make them some of them a little bit more premium or? Um, yeah, or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we wanted, get, we wanted to come. Yeah. You get, you get multiple price points. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to be able to, to speak to the, the different kinds of buyers that there are on Amazon. Um, and, and so we kind of ca- we cast a really wide net with these brands. And honestly, it, at first we launched six, six brands and a lot of those brands, actually more than half of them failed. And, but as Amazon evolved, so that, that, that was a strategy early on is like through product development, we're just going to, we're going to cast a wide net on Amazon so that when somebody searches mattress, their choice is between us, us, or us, <laughs> even though to them, they, it, they don't know that. You know, I've heard of, I mean, people do this in other private label segments where like, uh, you know, a seller will create six different, you know, products and try and, and just really try and dominate and crowd out where like, you know, you do a search term and six of the top 10, there are you. Yep. Um, and uh, it's, it's pretty effective. And that was, that was the strategy early on, but 
Amazon evolved, right? They, they, um, I mean, they, they continued to release different advertising capabilities. Um, they started opening up features that were only available to vendor central clients over to the seller side. Competition grew. Um, and so it, it evolved into what is now like what you would consider a very traditional Amazon strategy, which is your content has to be buttery, smooth, beautiful. <laughs> your reviews have to be managed well. Your advertising dollars and the way that you structure your campaigns has to be smart and strategic. Gone are the days of just like, here's a product and here's an auto campaign and here's my money. Like, <laughs> those days are gone. Yeah. Um, and along with that, mindset also evolved. Our mindset became, okay, Amazon is a channel that's working well for us. It's also an investment channel. We've got to put, we got to put the dollars behind it now. And so, yeah, that, that's kind of the, that's the Maloof story, if you will. Yeah, no, I didn't know half of these things. You know, I've, um, they're in my hometown, Logan, and I've like, you know, I'm like, we have this huge seller over here. And I know that like, they're really smart. And I know that like Flyboxer were also smart. I was just, there was one time I was like, I just got to reach out to someone, go to lunch um, and just talk. Uh, so it looks like we're doing that conversation right here on the podcast. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is the lunch I always wanted. Here you um, go. Unfortunately, I don't have any good food. I just have like a bag of candy from my, from my birthday. And I'm just like <laughs> overeating candy all day long. I'm just going to skip well, lunch. Well, happy <laughs> birthday to you. Um, I don't have any snacks, but I'll celebrate <laughs> no vicariously. I'll, I'll, I'll send them back. I got to start throwing snacks away. <laughs> so, um, okay. Now we're going to take a different uh, standpoint on the same strategy. Like, yeah, you could do this like white label where like, you just like same, very same similar products. Uh, and you are, you know, smothering the marketplace. What about like, if you just have one, one product and you want to just do really well and actually goose margins on that where you're investing more in brand. Yeah, definitely. Um, that, that actually segues like really well into the next stage of my career, because after I, helped build Maloof's Amazon store into what is now a behemoth. Um, I really just wanted to get into the startup world and help smaller brands grow. And so I moved to a small jewelry brand. Actually, it's called Enso Rings. They make silicone wedding bands, uh-huh. which I'm sure you can imagine on Amazon is like one of the most commoditized categories in the world because you're like literally selling a rubber ring. You can source that for... 10 cents. Um, And so, but Enso wanted to be this higher end kind of like, like a curated experience, like a nice luxury silicone ring. Um, And so the, that that was a challenge because I, here I am selling $30 rings in a sea of $5 rings. Um, and so the strategy there really changes into uh, what do you do? What do you consider a typical branded strategy of really building a community, focusing on really high funnel marketing efforts, and then how do those high funnel marketing efforts trickle down into the Amazon marketplace? Which is, uh, I'm sure, it's a frustration that many sellers will will continue to talk about. Is, yeah. 
So just hit a few of those high uh, high funnel like things that you're you're doing. I imagine you're doing some things off Amazon. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so say, say a few of those like just real quick rattle off so like the audience can might be like, okay, yeah, here's like some uh, brand building that I can do. Yeah, for sure. So I think I think it's important to understand when you're building a, a curated branded experience, you need to understand not only who your client is, but where they like to convert. Um, a lot of people just have Amazon Prime because that's where they like to convert. It's most convenient for them. They have Prime. I mean, there's there's estimation that there's into nine figures of Amazon Prime accounts in the U.S. And oh, yeah. No, it's it's definitely they've they've crossed that. And I promise you, it's way more than that because if you're like me, your Prime account is shared with three other family members, and yeah. so it's probably like nearing every family in the U.S. has access to Amazon Prime. Yep. Um, and so what, what we looked at is um, in the data that we're collecting through our off Amazon marketing efforts, we're understanding which consumers like to convert on Amazon and then driving outside traffic through Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google, et cetera, et cetera, directly to Amazon pages, which is a little risky because at the time there's no, there's no attribution for that. We were, we were just putting in a link. And so all the analysis onto the success of that had to be done on the back end where we're looking at page per traffic, conversion rates, and seeing if there's actually a lift in either of those numbers. Like, are we getting more impressions through our Facebook efforts that are driving directly to Amazon links? There, there was no actual attribution at all from those Facebook ads. Um, so it's a little scary when you see a Facebook ad that's spending thousands of dollars a month. Yeah, and it shows that the attribution for sales is zero. You're like, is that doing well? Well, um, yeah, the Amazon has actually released like an attribution API. Yep. Did yep. You, you didn't now, get a lot of experience with that, yeah. did you? No, because when while I was, that's what I was saying is at the time at Enso, they didn't have yeah. they didn't have that. So um, so that was built for people just like you. Yeah, we we kind of I don't want to say pioneered it, but we we're a little risky in, in taking that approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what we saw is that those, that driving external traffic actually helped bump organic ranks and then reduced ACOS on any sponsored products. Yeah. I mean, Amazon is always uh, figuring out relevance and, you know, likelihood of converting and, um, they want to show users the advertisement that will like, that will buy. Um, and they kind of reward uh, two different sellers who can pay different amounts for the same keyword. Right. That's essentially what we're saying right here is uh, that, you know, investing in, and this uh, to a degree, this all starts with your brand, like investing in like good content and good messaging, uh, good titles, uh, you're going to convert higher and that just makes all of your other efforts more effective. Yeah. And even like to the point of content, you touched on content a little bit. That is something that Amazon is going to continue to invest in this year. Mm -hmm. I watch in 2021, you'll see more investment in, uh, particularly like, so video, I think they're going to put a lot more investment and a lot more control into the hands of sellers for video content. Um, Those sponsored display videos. Um, 
And then I have on very good authority that, that Amazon is currently working on a tool to roll out that will help you, that will, that will take that relationship that we have with buyers, which right now is completely just a transactional relationship and actually give us more information and data into those buyers. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really excited for that because that will help inform um, the, the content decisions and the optimization decisions that we make with our clients. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, I mean, very interesting. Do you feel that like uh, off Amazon content such as, you know, I mean, I, we're studying Enso right now, you know, they have a blog, like how does that kind of like feed into things? And do you think people ever like, you know, do they, do you think they go on Amazon, then Google and sell rings and then they're like, okay, like interesting, read an article about, uh, you know, metal versus silicone rings. And does that change their, the, the shopper's experience? Yeah, I'd say it depends on, on your product and it depends on um, kind of the audience that you've built. Um, for Enso, it was, it was really relevant. Having, uh, having other content, blogs, whatnot, it, it was really relevant because our buyer was very much that 30 to 35 year old female who is consuming a lot of content on the web through blogs, through Pinterest, through these other channels. And so because we knew, but, but we also knew that their likelihood to convert was over on Amazon Prime. And so combining those two bits of information um, led to that marketing strategy. Interesting. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I, it's a very competitive category. And so I, I know like what Dan is saying is true. I mean, you just type in silicon rings into, into Amazon, like a lot of attractive products, but you guys were able by doing this, able to, to, to raise your average order value um, Absolutely. above what your competitors are doing. And I mean, we all know that if you're able to do that, uh, you know, be able to charge a premium, you're just going to make more money. Uh, we have a metronome in our catalog. It's not the cheapest metronome and that's intentional, you know, and like the content is actually better. It looks good. It looks solid and it's been a very profitable uh, product for us. So, um, that's really interesting. And so you're building, you know, by, by doing this, you're, you're building brands that have more value. And, and then also that comes in with more sales. So, you know, we've worked uh, in, in our agency. Uh, I can tell you more than 10 brands have we started at like 250 to $500,000 in revenue for the year. And we, we push them over the million uh, and we, uh, or like we start with some brands that are like they're doing six and like, well, we help them get to eight to 10 or 12. I actually don't talk a ton about that on my podcast, like our track record. And the truth is, is half the time I'm talking with guests, uh, like Dan, I'm like, okay, what can we learn? What can I learn from this person to bring back to my business? Um, that is, you know, and, and Dan's brought so many uh, good uh, nuggets here. And I mean, the track record is real. Uh, and he's given us two different approaches. <laughs> you know, the, this white label that I haven't heard uh, with for a long time versus the, uh, 
you know, the, the investing in every step of like a customer's journey from off Amazon to, to on Amazon. Is there anything that I, uh, that I mischaracterized no, <laughs> or left no. out? No, I think, I think, I think that's great. So, um, I mean, Amazon, um, my, uh, I mean, Amazon is definitely always trying to put more in the hands of sellers to be able to showcase their brand, to differentiate yeah. themselves while like it is their marketplace. It's not like, it's not like they turn every single product page into a MySpace where like customize it in the way you want, you know, what color, what background color do you want? You want white or green? No, like they have a very gardened, uh, a walled garden where you have to like play by their rules, but they are giving us more tools to showcase a brand, tell a brand story. Totally. And the the other, the thing that I, I love about that is, I mean, early on in the Amazon days, the the reputation that they developed um, was that you come to Amazon to find cheap products. Like mm-hmm. that, that's what you do. You come here because it's the it's the place with the best price, and you get free shipping. And so that was like the revolutionary trail that was burned through the world of e-commerce. Right. Um, but now, now even those days are, are behind us. And thankfully so, yeah. because Amazon is now a place where you can legitimately build a brand and you can have success if you are a higher price product, if you, if you are just a better product, a better brand, mm-hmm. a better experience. Like it's a place where that can live and there's a place for that if you know how to execute it correctly which right. is the big key piece there. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's the focus of this podcast, execution. <laughs> we don't yeah. have time for uh, people to just read articles and learn, and but like you actually have to like get your hands dirty and do that. Um, so uh, with, you know, our, we're, with working with Buyboxers Agency, Buyboxers Services, Dan, uh, what do you think differentiates, uh, makes, you know, unique, what uh, you know you and we bring to the marketplace yeah totally so there's a few things so in no in no particular order um because we are a sister company to buy boxer which is by skew count one of the largest sellers in the world Mm -hmm. um we have a wealth of knowledge of many different categories on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there, there's a breadth of knowledge of if, if you want to succeed in this category or toys or art supplies or metronomes, like no matter, <laughs> no matter what you want to succeed in, we have experience there. Well, and you know, if you're going to talk to an agency, like what are you getting out from them? Say you are a brand and you, you just like want someone to like take over some things. Totally. So the, the things that you're going to want to look for um, first and foremost is transparency and relationships. You're going to trust, you're going to trust us with your brand. Well, guess what? We're not just putting one person on your account. We have three people dedicated to your account. We have an account manager, a marketing director, and then a compliance manager that makes sure that your account is, is staying healthy. And so you're getting touches, transparency, um, tons of communication. Um, and then the other, the other thing that you're going to want to look at is you, you want a good look at the health of your business, uh, particularly on Amazon. And uh, Scott the Wizard, I'll toot his horn a little bit, <laughs> um, has 
built. I mean, you, you've seen his work with Smart Scout. You've seen his work with, um, I mean, anything he touches. He's built the underpinnings and the data and the software pieces by which we operate as the business. And it gives it gives us a, a very in depth look and capabilities of reporting to your to your brand to show you exactly what's going on with Amazon. Well, sure. I don't hate compliments. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take that as your birthday present. Um, so, um, I mean, I, I obviously can agree with it. I've, I've, I, I can't tell you how many uh, <laughs> days and nights I've toiled on on really, you know, seeing all things. You know, we're talking like you know dozens of data fields. You know, sales per day, like the last ten days versus forty-five days. How do you like? You know, how do you track? you know, this to keep your inventory in stock and then um, other insights into the marketing. Um, you know, we could talk forever, but I'm, I, I think it's valuable for the audience just to like kind of hear and think about like all, you know, everyone's at some point, you know, wants to like imp- uh, grow sales and improve, you know, uh, the marketplace, improve uh there's the uh, a brand that they're selling or representing. You got a lot of things to consider, and I, I mean, I can't promise anyone that will turn you into a Maloof, you know, a half a billion on Amazon type of seller. But I mean, we do have uh, the leader of our agency kind of did that. <laughs> yeah, and if if I can go off of that moment and do another shameless plug, um, there's no better time than now to run with an agency. If you're considering like, do I manage Amazon myself or do I bring in an agency partner? Because when Amazon was relatively less complicated back when I started at Maloof, we were able to do it in-house, but that evolved into us hiring 10 different people and a dev team and a tech stack and this, yeah. that, and the other. And so the cost behind running that operation became really immense. Right. Where with an agency, you get inventory management, content development. Yeah. You, you get it all in one package. Um, and so there's no, there's no better time to work with an agency right. than now. You know, there are, the, there really are uh, hundreds of agencies. There was, um, this is a, a sidebar conversation, but my, my brother's always felt like that um, Amazon's just going to start to be like more brand focused. Like brands are just going to have more control. And he's like, right. And he's like, he's like they're going to show up. These are people with deeper pockets. You know, they're going to make Amazon their channel. And then I'm like, but how does that actually look? Um, say, say you show up at a trade show, a brand's going to be there talking about Amazon, probably not their CEOs. Actually, most brands, like the big successful ones, they're using agencies. And um, because you just need like specific Amazon expertise to like do anything. That's just like a side commentary because like well, we've always wondered like how is this you know space going to evolve? Well, but thank you so much, Dan, for coming on and talking uh you know, I'm glad that I got this lunchtime with Maloof, uh, an, a, an expert from a, a great seller across the town. And, um, and I'm really glad that, like, you know, <laughs> we were able to poach someone that was, like, worth it, like, that we have, like, more in-house knowledge and expertise. Um, so thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
All right. Well, make sure everyone you uh, subscribe to the show. Um, I love putting this together. And so I, I try and keep learning more about the, the marketplace. So check that out. If you also, if you are interested in learning more about Dan or you know, employing his services, they are at buyboxerservices.com. And then you know what? If you're a big fish, I'll end up on the phone at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Take care, everyone. See ya. See ya.